Welcome to Jurassic World. Welcome to the Jurassic World Minute, where we visit Jurassic World one minute at a time. Everyone knows tapping on the glass won't attract an animal. I'm Brad. Andy. And today we're going to discuss Minute 35 of Jurassic World. Before we get to that, David, going over to Jurassic-pedia.com. Um, we mentioned last minute there's been a few articles going up uh, post-Camp Cretaceous with some of the characters. And one article that's gone up this week as well by Sickleclaw is uh, the field genetics lab that we see in the cartoon. Now, you have seen the whole eight episodes, Neil? Correct. I have watched all eight episodes by now. Yes. All yes. Right. In fact, I uh, watched them again last night. Oh, even better. <laughs> even better. You can fill in some gaps. <laughs> the field uh, genetics lab, right up here, Bossica Claw, has a bit of a uh, brief mention about its uh, its appearance in Camp Cretaceous. Um, I haven't seen this episode back since. Looking at the photo on the uh, article here, its architecture looks very similar to what we see in Evolution with uh, the building. Uh, it does look similar to that, and I was also going to say it kind of reminds me of the um, genetics lab slash um, helipad control room area on the um, main park area. Ah, yes. You know, where, I mean, how it kind of has that rounded, one round rounded side on the uh, underside there. Yeah, yep. Yep, which would uh, clearly indicate that it's of Jurassic World architecture and not Jurassic Park. Uh, one thing I did want to discuss briefly with this is, uh, David, you posted up on the Pedia Discussion Facebook page, uh, the research signs. We see one in episode one, the kids drive past uh, on their way to camp, and it's very similar to one we see in Jurassic World where the uh, raptors are chasing after Claire and the kids in the Unimog. Similar, yes, but not the same. The inter- it's uh, interestingly the one in Jurassic World looks to be Jurassic Park era, if only because the island shape itself uses the brochure, the Jurassic Park brochure uh, map, and not the not the general Isla Nublar Jurassic World uh, shape that they kind of use on the maps and all the visuals that we see of the island. Yeah, so you'd have the same the same backing map layout as what the East Dock sign would have had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so the original the uh, research sign that we see here in Camp Cretaceous, that one also appears to be brand new or at least newish. 
while the one in Jurassic World was covered in vines and clearly had not been paid any attention to in a very long time. Mm. Yeah, I, going back to Jurassic World, I remember Colin clearly saying that uh, the East Dock sign wasn't in the film because he went for this one instead just to show that there was more to Jurassic Park than what we've seen, just mm-hmm. trying to expand the world of Isla Nublar, of what... Uh, what we didn't see in that original film, even though we didn't really get much of that expansion in the films to date, apart from maybe the tunnels. But this would this suggest that there was possibly re- these little research labs on Nublar even back in '93, even though by by 2015, sauna was a thing. I would imagine so. Yeah, if only because I know for a fact that. Trevorrow kind of considers the um, Jurassic Park, the game, to be at least partially canon. And we do see in that one that Dr. Sorkin has a remote research lab. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder... Because in, in hindsight, it is a lot easier and quicker for scientists to just drive down the road to a, a separate lab than get on a boat and go across to sauna, when its main focus would probably be just production even though we have speculated on the the horticulture and everything else that may have been going on over there as well. Mm-hmm. Well, interestingly is that this remote lab actually seems to be using a um, actual production. It's turning eggs, hatching animals, and it's not just the main park anymore actually doing the work. It looks like that if they're assuming this isn't the only one who has remote, research uh, facilities like this one where he can kind of just test different areas and maybe even do like kind of uh, test and release to see how the animals fare on the island, you know? Mm. It's, I don't I can't recall if it's one of the children or if it's Wu himself saying that there's several of these around the island. I can't remember if I heard that in the, in the series or not. Mm. I... And again, I, I know I said that I just watched this watched it last <laughs> night, but I'm already drawing a blank, and I can't remember if it was Yasmina who said who said it or Wu, but yeah, it does kind of sound familiar. Yeah, it is interesting some of the stuff inside that lab, but again, it's spoiler. We'll get to that in the discussion. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I head over to Jurassicpedia for this article and uh, many more. As I said before, all well, most of the uh, the character cast list. All have articles up there now, uh, or, or listings in the uh, encyclopedia, so head over and check them out. Yep. We'd like you to evaluate the paddock for vulnerabilities. Why me? I guess Mr. Mizrani thinks since you're able to control the raptors... See, it's all about control with you. I don't control the raptors. It's a relationship. It's based on mutual respect. All right, Dave, ready to look into Minute 35? I am. As we Minute 34 of Jurassic World, Alan was telling Claire that his raptors were born up in a family and that there's trust. As we open on Minute 35, Alan points out the window. The only relationship this animal has is with that crane. At the nine-second mark, Claire jokes, so she needs a friend, playdate? Alan replies... Probably not a good idea. At the 19 second mark, Claire taps the glass and asks herself, where is it? Owen jokes, what is it in the basement? In the rec room? 
At the 30 second mark, Claire walks to the second podium in the observation room and pushes some buttons. All of a sudden, the monitor beeps. Behind the paddock supervisor, more monitors buzz as no thermal radiation detected warnings flash on the screen. At the 49 second mark, Owen's moved to the other end of the room and asks, have those claw marks always been there? Pointing to the wall outside. And as the minute ends, clearly slowly walks towards him and mouths, do you think it? And this ends minute 35 of Jurassic World. Uh, as we open minute 35, Owen continues about the social skills his raptors have and imprinting on them when they're born and only positive relationships Oh, the only positive relationship this animal's had is with that crane, and at least she knows that means food. We've <laughs> talked with uh, over minutes before the the mosasaur knowing that uh, this shark means food, or well, this uh, gantry, and the uh, trenosaur knowing the flare means food. Well, here's another little thing I thought would have come back in the film. Uh, crane, crane means food. <laughs> <laughs> I think that originally, as scripted, the originally was meant to because. Something that Trevorrow had wanted to do was have a like a crane rig rigged as like an animatronic T Rex, wherein the um, the CGI Indominus would then destroy this animatronic T Rex, kind of symbolizing Trevorrow's feelings on how CGI uh, kind of just has destroyed practical uh, practical effects in film. And, of course, Universal wouldn't let him do that. (laughs) (laughs) There's concept art for that, isn't there? There is, yes. And I I doubt that it's so much because of the analogy that he had, but rather the visual of the T-Rex dying again, which I'm quite certain Universal at this point wants to stay very far away from. It'd be, I don't think it'd be good on Universal. Uh, for I don't think Universal was ready for another giant theropod to destroy a T Rex animatronic. <laughs> well, yeah, even though how much they're really shitting on the T Rex at the moment, and again we'll talk about Cramp Cretaceous later. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just going going after that again. Fair enough. Uh, we didn't see the Spinosaur rip the head off the T Rex. We know it happened. It d- destroyed that animatronic. But now you've probably got twice as many fans in the community uh, that was here, or well, that wasn't here in 2001, that would be very vocal online uh, about the tra- not, not only the Tyrannosaur being killed again, but uh, the Tyrannosaur animatronic, which we all sort of grew to love as the Tyrannosaur in Jurassic Park and the Lost World. Yep. <laughs> Claire sort of mocks Owen, so she needs a friend scheduled play dates that sort of thing and it's about now you can sort of she's starting to realize that the animal hasn't come out to feed yet uh owen grimly replies probably not a good idea which i think was another trail line as well um then... yeah well, that one definitely was the other thing is that just the general the assumption that the indominus will come to the the uh steer hide there that they have propped on the crane means to seem to imply that the Indominus has never really not been interested in food before. You know, I mean, she's always this presumption that you can make her appear just by dropping some food seems to imply that they've never actually had the animal not appear by dropping food. You know? Yeah, and it might also lead to I mean, she, oh, Yeah, okay. she she expects its instant arrival 
Yeah, yeah, just that assumption that this dumb animal will come whenever I put food down. Interesting that it's here, um, attracting it for Owen and not uh, for Masroni earlier, where in the novel it was actually dropped for Masroni, and that's when she ate ate the steer. Mm-hmm. Um, he he in the novel anyway. Here there's no there's no steer being dropped. So we also know that um, at some point in the script that this was also going to be Hamada's introduction, the uh, head of the ACU in Jurassic World. We w- he would have been at the in the scene as well. Or at least uh, that scene earlier, I think, where where Mizrani has the steer dropped uh, for him, and I think it's was it was it yeah it was Mr. Mizrani. I think it was Dino. Was it wasn't it like Mr. Sorian or something like that at the time? In the early script. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of it was like really <laughs> yeah. Less. I'm glad they didn't go with that. <laughs> but yeah, they originally. Uh, and I think Hammond, or I'm sorry, not Hammond, um, Masrani said, mentions that, oh, you're feeding, you're not feeding it anything live. And Hamada comes up and says, you don't, you don't want to feed anything, anything, this thing, anything live. When it gets blood, first time it tastes blood, it's going to go nuts. You know? Yeah. And so I remember that script page being one of the ones that leaked early on. And kind of hyped the fans up for this character of Hamada, who unfortunately just he gets he ends up with one line in the movie. It, he's in the same boat, or nearly the same boat as Barry and a few others that just yeah are poorly poorly used in the film. Mm-hmm. But I wonder here if that would go sort of too much against Owen's character. Owen's the one here telling us how bad this always. It's a shame some of those lines he didn't keep, like uh, feeding it live live animals. Especially mm-hmm. later when she gets out and she's seen all this for the <laughs> all this for the first time and she's attacking mm-hmm. everything that comes before her. And then that's when Claire does the one thing that uh, never attracts animals at a zoo. She taps on the glass, asking to herself, <laughs> "Where is it?" <laughs> you you can... do not tap tap on the glass. It scares the mathemat the, the uh, engineers. Uh, the amount of times at a zoo. Hey, come over here. <laughs> well, they had that sign there. I was at the field museum yesterday with my little cousin. Yep. And so, um, so there's a sign. They have an area there where you can actually watch the the people digging and ex- excavating the fossils out of the rock, right? And so one of the, they had two signs. One of them was this facility has been, or it was this facility has been. Accident free of Velociraptors for it was, it was that meme. Yeah, yep. I can't remember exactly what it said. If this facility has been Velociraptor attack free for like sixty five million years, was one of them. <laughs> and the other one was, please do not tap on the glass. It scares the it scares the diggers. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Now, mind you, I've seen some of those photos you posted up yesterday. Owen turns to joke, is it in the basement, downstairs? Maybe it's in the rec room. <laughs> I, so maybe, maybe again, hinting to the tunnel system. Um, I don't know if that's a subtle hint to it or or it is just a joke. I think it was just kind of being sarcastic. Because Claire is kind of clearly expecting it to show up right away, and Owen's just seems to be very highly unimpressed with the entire concept. Mm. And that's when she starts to... Uh, Fred a bit, she walks uh, over to the second podium screen. It was just here. We were just here. And she starts pushing some buttons on the monitor, and the monitors around to start buzzing. Mm-hmm. 
beside it, you can see those screens light up, no thermal signature detected. I've, it, I find this dumbfounding that the only way they're tracking this thing in the pen is via thermal thermal imaging. Uh, on location, anyway. She does say mm-hmm. next minute that she can track it from the control room, which is even worse, but... Yeah, we've we've talked before about overpopulating your enclosures with greenery and ferns to hide, or let these animals mm-hmm. hide. I, I don't know how well a, uh, a thermal camera would work in a tropical jungle, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, I, the human I, the human body runs ninety eight point six, and I assume that it regularly gets higher than that in in the tropics. You know? Yeah. I mean, I'm not. I think the um. The Velociraptor in the first movie, the baby, I think they said it ran a constant temperature of like 96 degrees or something like that. So yeah, probably not very useful <laughs> when your animal is colder than the surrounding area yeah, most of the time. Yeah, and that that starts to go into the Indominus' plan for escape that is going to stretch over these few minutes. It being able to camouflage one thing, yes, that's why they can't see it. The Again, without sort of knowing specifics of its makeup and all that stuff, only what we've been told or shown on screen, mm-hmm. the ability to camouflage is just that, the ability to camouflage its skin, uh, even though shots later it does seem to actually go invisible and not just match its uh, <laughs> its surroundings. Well, the other thing is is that she says she can track her from the control room, but as many people have pointed out, in all real in all realism... She should have just gotten on the phone and, and called the control room, you know? And that would have avoided them having to even go into the paddock. Yeah, yeah, well, we're going to go into this in future minutes. It's, the animal has to escape, and mm-hmm. it's it's the plot that, that we need. We're here we are, we're 35 minutes into the film, and nothing's really happened uh, apart from a packy being on the loose. But it's I, I don't like the way this is done. As we sort of go for further here, um, the search for the Indominus fails as the uh, computer screens keep on buzzing. Uh, the staff member, which is described in the book as the paddock supervisor, um, mm-hmm. he shakes his head and, and finishes his sandwich. This doesn't make any sense. These gates haven't been opened in weeks, which makes me wonder why the gates were opened a few weeks ago. <laughs> uh, they tranked her and went in to clean the panel or something. There's been people in there. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure they probably have to clear out the steer bones every once in a while. We do see some bones lying around in the paddock itself, so which would and I assume that if they fed this thing regularly, there'd be a lot more bones, you know. So they probably go in there to, as you say, clean it up. They have to do that with all animals. Yeah, bones and poop. You send the bobcat in there to to clean it up. So, yeah, she must be getting tranked regularly so they can go in there. As all this is going on and uh, Claire's looking confused at the monitors, uh, Owen sort of walks over to the far side of the observation room and says, oh, shoot. Uh, keeping it PG there, of course, and he points out the window and asks, have those claw marks always been there? Uh, we won't see those claw marks until next minute, but as this minute ends, Claire starts slowly walking over and uh, mouths, you think it, uh, has the realization she uh, she's got the idea here that it's escaped. Again, we'll go into more of that in the next minute. But just the the intelligence here of the Indominus, not only knowing that they're tracking her through thermal 
just just camouflaging is one thing, but masking your thermal signature, knowing that there's thermal cameras there mm-hmm. tracking you, is just one step beyond <laughs> insanity <laughs> uh, for the film. I'd... <laughs> even even future minutes too, where we do get uh, the control room trying to communicate with the pen. Uh, PA intercom systems being scratchy, broken. Uh, all the uh, all the tropes of uh, the kids' cell phones won't work when they're being stalked <laughs> by a, uh, a serial killer or what have you. Um, <laughs> we we get most of it in this film, which is a shame. <laughs> but uh, we might uh, we might have a little exercise coming up and just see if if we can come up with a better instead of just mocking it completely see if we can come up with a better idea of having her escape mm-hmm. well, like i mentioned before there was the one with the claw marks where the fans assumed that she simply climbed out of there hmm. which in theory if they are raising the pen it would kind of give credence to why they are raising the pen if they are fe- if there are fears that she could possibly climb out and then she eventually does you know <laughs> like it's an eventuality Kind of a chaos theory thing. Mm. Yeah, if uh, if she does have the um, the accelerated growth as well, she's growing in there faster, and they can put the walls up. Mm-hmm. And if she's gonna, well, they say she's gonna be fifty feet, so we don't know exactly how big she is in the film, but whether she has the ability to be able to rear up on that wall and and get a purchase. Um, we'll talk mm-hmm. to it, talk about it next minute, but I think if she actually did go over the wall, it'd be a lot less destruction there. Um, you'd see it on well, the, the ground. Other thing, the other thing is if she can simply scratch the walls, there's probably a way for her to actually puncture them entirely with her talons, you know? Well, that's, yeah, that's the other thing. It is, it's fairly thick at the bottom, but you go up near the, uh, the top couple of sections of that wall and it's only a single... <laughs> only a single layer of concrete um, divider there so mm-hmm. yeah we'll look at that further uh, moving over into the novel comparisons quickly uh, when Owen says the or when Claire's talking about the play dates and Owen says it's probably not a good idea is running his hands over the smashed window that we've seen early in the observation room and uh, <laughs> in the back corner the paddock supervisor is reading a magazine he checked the monitors but didn't see the red outline of the animal anywhere and then he mutters oh boy so, a little bit different there with the uh, the paddock supervisor reading magazine mm. instead of eating. <laughs> I do like the uh, running the hands over the smash windows though, because that kind of makes it look like more like he's actually inspecting the pet the paddock as he's supposed to be, not just kind of there joking around, you know. Well, that the he's... whole the whole scene, he's pretty much just standing out with his hands on his hips, which I suppose Masrani done as well when he was there, but. He's he's there to uh, expect the the pen um, and the animal, not just sit there and wait for it to come to him with with being baited by a steer. But um. exactly, I mean, in the whole kind of standing with your hands and your hips gives you kind of a more casual sense than if you were actively touching, running your hands over the glass and stuff like that. He would be able to recognize the thickness of the glass and judge by the fact that she was able to shatter it that they need thicker glass, for example. Yeah. I mean, just running the scene just a few lines longer with her, um, or with Owen actually looking at the various structures of the park and giving his opinion kind of almost reminded me of a 
Ian Malcolm sort of thing where he every time Ian Malcolm looks at something, he says, "Oh, that's gonna fail. Oh, that's gonna <laughs> fail. Oh, oh, you don't want to do that, you know." <laughs> I mean, actually seeing him do the thing that Claire brought him there to do, just if he was even like two or three added lines, would have I think been helpful. Yeah, yeah. Even though he doesn't, we don't, uh, or he doesn't get a chance to look at the rest of the enclosure. Um, just just coming in and seeing, well, here we are. The observation window, the closest thing that people get to this animal when it's able to crack the glass, uh, not break it, but if it does get bigger, it might be able to uh, use this weak point where it's already cracked the glass to be able to crack it further. Whether mm-hmm. it's thicker glass, um, bars on the windows, or or what have you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah no, good point. But that's, uh, that's minute 35. Dave, anything else to discuss before we get heavy for today? No, I think we're good. 